London, England, 1851. Wednesday evening, December the 3rd. As the bracing vestiges of twilight were giving way to darkness, a meandering mist began settling down upon the borough of Mayfair in the city of Westminster. A lamplighter had just lit the gas of a street lamp in front of a terraced four-story townhouse in Park Lane, when a hansom cab pulled up to the curb, and a darkly clad man wearing a bowler hat stepped out. While adjusting his heavy black watch coat against the chill, the man began gazing curiously around. He then paid the cabman, removed a small valise from the carriage, and turned towards the fog-enshrouded house. Standing under the halo of the street lamp, the man glanced down the street to his left and then to his right, and then proceeded to an iron gate that was attached between two low pillars of red brick. Swinging the gate open, he abruptly stopped and stared a moment at a large grey cat with glowing yellow eyes that was watching him from the low branch of a nearby tree. Forfeiting the sense of dread, the man walked through a small forecourt and up to the house Stepping up to an elaborately crafted door, he began staring ominously at a large iron door-knocker that had been meticulously fashioned into a wolf's head. After a moment's contemplation, he reached up and pulled the knocker away from its mount and applied three heavy knocks, which then resounded through the foyer and into the library, where Professor Alexander Greystone sat by the fireplace engrossed in a book. After his adventures at Hawthorne Cottage in Hampshire, Alexander had reluctantly returned to the tedium of his professorship at University College in London, and during his hours of solitude had finished the manuscript of his second literary work. The book, though published a year later as a novel, became Alexander's bane, for convincing his obstinate publisher that the story was true and should be listed as such, lingered as a contention without prospect of a favourable outcome. Receiving a paltry sum for the manuscript that he had entitled Hawthorne Cottage, Alexander swore not to place any more of his efforts into the involvement of literature, for his labours were such that the publisher began swimming in sales, while he began floundering in regret. During the initial rise of the book, Alexander began campaigning to validate the veracity of his story regarding the haunted cottage in Hampshire, and also his first book concerning the murderous ghost of John Williams in Wapping. But though he was becoming a renowned author, Alexander became discontented, for his efforts to address the truth fell to the scrutiny of his peers and the derision of his students. As the stress from his public tirades had exhausted him, and though the current school term was still in progress, Alexander decided to take a brief sabbatical, but over the course of several nights he began suffering from hellish nightmares, nightmares so terrible that the mere thought of sleep was beginning to induce insomnia. Resting at his townhouse in Mayfair, Alexander's ever-endearing housekeeper, Mrs. Farnsworth, approached him in the library as he sat in his wing-chair by the fireplace, reading and smoking his favourite tobacco, a Turkish blend, in his Meerschaum pipe. The hour was approaching eight. "'Sir,' she said softly, as if fearful of disturbing him, "'you have a visitor at the door.' Alexander, sitting beneath the ascending tendrils of tobacco smoke, and keeping an unflinching eye upon what he was reading, loudly responded, "'Yes, yes, I heard. Show him in.' 
He pulled the old and well-smoked pipe from his lips, and glanced up from the book, and noticed that Mrs. Farnsworth had abruptly exited the room. He then grumbled, "'Damned old stealthy woman, always popping in and out giving me a start.'